Welcome, Welcome to, to the show. What did you do? <laughs> you just stole my intro. <laughs> I just wanted to do it one time. You did. <laughs> do it again. Welcome to the show. I am your humble host, Sean Davis. No, oh. <laughs> that's my name. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I did not expect that. I know. You startled me. I know. That was awesome. I'm I'm always a surprise. You always keep me (laughs) on my toes. I will tell you that right now. Well, uh, welcome to the show. We're the Hope Radio Podcast. Stories, profiles, and interviews of courage, triumph, and perseverance. You didn't say all that. No, I didn't say all that. I just wanted to say (laughs) welcome to the show. My name, my name is Sean Davis. And my name, my name is Just Jen. Why'd you say it twice? Because you did. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, you make me laugh. How you doing, Jennifer? I think I'm doing good today. I think I'm doing great today because I get to talk to my friend. I get to talk to my friend. Yeah. I have a friend I get to talk to today. <laughs> well, you can talk to your friends every day if you want, but... Not this one. Not not one that wants to share their story with us. Yes, so. yes. And so I'll get to that in a minute, but, but, yes. Jennifer... yes. I think now is a good time to uh, celebrate some fun. Okay. Have some fun. Funny. I'm all about fun. Have a, have a joke. Do you have a joke? I do have a joke. It's I joke always, time. Sean and Jen tell a joke. Jokes. Yes. I always have I'm going to beat you today. You are? I'm going to beat you today and I'm going to make you laugh. Do you want to go first? No, you go ahead. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. What's a pepper's favorite song? What is a pepper's favorite song? I don't know. What's a pepper's favorite song? Spice, spice, baby. Do, 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 do. <laughs> spice, baby. Do you remember that song? Yeah. Vanilla Ice. I know. I've got the songs, too. He flips houses like we do. I know. We're like That was like friends. an homage mm-hmm. to what we do. Yeah. What do you mean you're friends? We're friends. We like. When did this happen? Well, you know. Ice, ice, baby. Man, you've been singing lately. I know. I'm going to audition for the you voice. You have the voice of an angel. I'm auditioning for the voice. They're doing it virtual now. Sing sing your favorite tune right now. No. Let's Come talk on. to our friend. <laughs> no, I got to do my joke. Oh, I forgot about you. <laughs> Jennifer. <laughs> All right. I already thought I won in my that mind. That was offensive. <laughs> I already thought I won. Okay. So here, you ready to go? Yep. Men at 25 play football. Men at 40 play tennis. And men at 60 play golf. Have you ever noticed that as men get older, their balls get smaller? <laughs> That's funny. That's I knew I'd win super with that one. funny. <laughs> I knew I'd win with that one. And I think Jeff will like that one too. He's a little older than me. So you know what that means. He plays golf? <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's what that means he plays golf i'm gonna ask him yeah you better you better ask him on our show <laughs> okay so if people want to keep this hilarious going how do they connect with us jennifer well you can connect with us on facebook and instagram at hope radio podcast and if you want to take us with you as you live a inside pandemic life well well, I, I, I think I, some things are open in our town. Yeah, some things are open. Well, guess what? Tomorrow we're hearing that some things may be opening more, so we'll see. But if they want to take us with us, yeah. wait, if they want to take us with them, then they can do so on Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, 
Google Play, Stitcher, Amazon Alexa. And iHeartRadio. And iHeartRadio. You got you to look up Hope Radio Podcast. Give us a like. Give us a share. Give us a review. Yeah. And we will be so grateful. That's how this Hope train keeps on moving down the tracks. Choo-choo. All right. So um, I've got Jeff Holden coming on the line. This mm-hmm. guy was instrumental in my radio life. He was the guy that originally gave me a shot when I was a financial advisor to do a show on air mm-hmm. in Sacramento. And then not only did he give me a shot, but then he became my coach after. He coached yeah. me on how to develop the show a little better. And he's going to talk about being fired at the age of 55 and having to rebuild his life, his business, his his financial life at the age of 55 after a surprise firing. So I think it's going to be really interesting. I think people today that are losing jobs or maybe already got laid off, etc. I think the message will resonate with them. Yeah. So I'm super excited to have him uh, come on. Shall we call him and get him on? I think we should. All right, let's do it. All right, I've got Jeff Holden on the line, a near and dear friend of mine. Welcome to the show, Jeff. How are you today? Happy to be here, Sean. Happy to have you. Happy to have you here and uh, happy to be talking to you in the midst of COVID. Haven't seen your face in a while. So, you know, m- missing hanging out. But, you know, such is life in a pandemic. If you saw my face, well, if you saw me, you wouldn't see my face because I've got that same growth around <laughs> the whole bottom half of it that you do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I call it the uh, COVID caveman. You know, it's like I when, agree. when, when it, you, like you just get all bushy and I'm like, I've been resisting the urge to just shave it all. Like I've just had this really the last three or four days, this strong urge to just go clean, to go COVID clean as I, as I was calling it. But thus far, I'm, I'm still a bushy, hairy guy. <laughs> I'm totally in agreement with you, and I'm in the same space. And as soon as we get our county released, which is Sacramento County, to reopen, it's off. Yeah. <laughs> we should be FaceTiming right now. Yeah, exactly. I right, want to see it. Hey, there's something called Zoom that now has gotten kind of a lot of attention that, you know, I never knew about before. But, yeah, yeah it's it's all the rage. <laughs> I, I don't want to do another Zoom call. We've been doing all our recording <laughs> on Zoom. And you lose such a personal element not having somebody in the studio. It really makes yeah. a difference. Yeah, I believe it. I believe it. Uh, you know, but such is life right now. It's like it's better than, I guess, no communication or no visual. It is what it is. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. That's right. Well, thank you for joining us on the show today. You know, I, I really wanted to have you on because I know you've got uh, quite a story about rebounding and kind of rebuilding yourself. I know that uh, when we first met, you were mentoring me. You were actually helping with the show through Clear Channel Communications, etc. cetera. And a, and a short time after I had begun that uh, radio show I used to do for financial services, you found yourself in a situation where um, you were having to rebuild your life. And so I just wanted to talk about that because I think that there's people right now that may be going through a situation where one spouse has lost a job, maybe both spouses have lost a job, primary breadwinner now is not bringing any bread. And and so the reality of it is, is I think people are are searching or, um, you know, reevaluating their priorities as a result of that. And have having been through it yourself and lived through it yourself, I just thought maybe you could uh, share some wisdom with, with us and our audience. I'd be happy to. And to orient it a bit, we got through 07, 08, 
nine, 10, fantastic. You know, some of the best career years and earning years I had ever had. So you just don't think that there's ever going to be a situation. Everything's fine. You just progress and continue forward. But it was uh, when I was 55 years old that I got fired. And it was the first time in my life that I had ever been fired. You know, 35 years in the broadcasting business. I was in major markets, Chicago, Dallas, et cetera, many companies and a whole lot of stations. And I find myself blown out. And I remember sitting at the kitchen counter one night with my wife and I'm going through the emails like you do trying to get caught up. And one from my regional manager, Susan pops in and it, it was a little different. And I'm looking at it going, what's up with that? You know, we had some issues. We were going through some, some changes at the stations. And I called my wife, Teresa. I said, can you come over here and take a look at this thing? And she looks at me. She goes, Jeff, this is it. This is all you need to know. And what it was is Susan was asking me. She says, I need to set a meeting with the team in a couple of weeks. I'll meet with you around 10 and then I'll address the group. And what was odd about it, it was nothing else in there. There was no other conversation about all the stuff we've been dealing with. And it said, I'll address the team, not we, we'll address the team. And I'm like, well, Teresa looks up at me and she goes, you're getting fired. And I'm like, you're right. I was getting fired. You had no I idea mean, that that was even something that was, was kicking around. In other words, you didn't see it coming other than that email? No, no, not at all. We've been doing a lot of projects. We we're about to move the radio stations into a brand new facility after 20 years. So I had this major multi-million dollar project going on. We were doing some big restructuring with one of the big stations, moving it to a different frequency, a lot of things in play. And interestingly enough, they would all have concluded right at about that time. So they moved into the facility without me. <laughs> I got to see it completed, but I didn't get to move into it. So how did you process that email, that meeting, that e eventual you know, scenario. So what, what was the first thing that you, once you realized that that was happening, what, where did your mind go next? Well, there were a couple of things that were leading up to it and they were me. I'd been at the stations for 14 years. I'd seen so many different things, just a, a lot of change. And I loved all of it with the exception of the company had sold four times in my tenure there and it would be almost every couple of years you get a new person that you're responsible to report to. And, you know, you survive each one of those. And many times they were gone. They were made gone, uh, not by choice. And so as you go through that, it gets a little bit old having to prove yourself over and over and over again. And I remember I was coming home one evening and walking the door and T Teresa, my wife, call her T. She goes, hey, Jeff, you know, what if something changes? You know, maybe we should be prepared. Like maybe we sell the house and get into something more manageable in the event. Of, and I said, "Well, whoa, whoa, cut her off." I said, "I have a plan. Don't worry. I'm, you know, I'm thinking through that. If, if you know, I want to make a change or if somebody else changes, I think I'm going to do it on my terms. Don't worry about it. You got nothing to worry about." And I, what I was thinking about at that time, Sean, is exactly what we were working with you on. I said, there's a lot of people that are interested in doing these long-form radio shows on the weekends, the stuff that you were doing, financial show, home show, uh, and, and garden shows. And I thought, if, if I can help those people develop a better show, there's probably a business model in there someplace. Uh, and then at the same time, 
we're going back seven years, 2013, there was this thing called podcasting was starting to emerge too. It wasn't a big deal, but it was there. And I thought maybe there's something between these two and there's a synergy. And if I'm there to help people develop radio shows, we can develop them into podcasts as well. So that was the, the underlying tone that I was working on at the same time. So you, you were already in your own time imagining a scenario under which you weren't working with the same company that you'd been working with. In other words, you had some stuff kicking around, a, a, a little, you know, discomfort, you know, some brainstorming, some ideas that were all coming together about this same time. Yes, exactly right. The dilemma and the reason many of us don't pull the trigger when we probably should is because we're making good dough. You know, there's an income there and there's a security there. And you're like, yeah, I could do this if I chose to, but really I'll just stay where I'm at right now. But I'm not happy, but it's good money, but I'm not happy. So you got the shoulder parrot on one side, pecking and talking, going, you don't like doing this. Why do you keep doing this? And the other side going, well, this is good dough, man. I don't want to leave it. I can't, I can't leave it because it's good money. And I was involved in the community. I represented a really neat group of radio stations. I had political alliances and I had professional alliances and it was a really cool place to be. So it kind of holds you in a space that you're fearful of making that step for those reasons. Because you're comfortable, you know, you're, you're comfortable, the money's good. And I think having been there myself, I think you talk yourself out of it too. Like, what am I doing? What am I, you know, how many people would love to have a position like this. Yeah. You know, every job is going to come with stuff you don't enjoy. Yeah. I mean, like there's a thousand different ways you, you keep yourself in the pot. You know, I'm imagining the frogs in the pot of water on the stove, you know, Ooh, this is warm. Mm -hmm. mm, this is <laughs> frogs. Yeah it's, yeah. it's the analogy that you end up getting cooked because you're, you're, you're too comfortable. You don't realize what's happening. It's the, it's the slow burn basically. And, and so, you build that lifestyle image and that lifestyle creep to, you know, you start with a little house and a bigger house, the bigger house, and then, you know, the nice car, the nice car, the nicer car. And the next thing you know, you've got all this investment in this stuff that that income supports. And you go, wow, it, it, well, I'll just, maybe I'll just ride it out. You know, I'll do it until I'm, I'm ready to walk and whatever retirement looks like for anybody that, you know, chooses to go that down that path. Uh, I'll, I'll go until then. But unfortunately, it tends not to go that way. You know, most people don't get the luxury of that. <laughs> yeah, life is what happens when you're busy making other plans. I think that's a that's a Lennon quote, right. right? You know, that's so right. so now you you find yourself at 55 with this email coming in. You can sense that this is the end of your time here. You can sense that you're going to get fired. Did you did you reach out to her? Did you? I mean, did you try to get any clarification at all, or did you just kind of resign yourself to the fate that you expected and then start making plans right away? As as much disbelief as I was in personally, the logical acceptance was there. So I have a wonderful wife, and she's pretty brutal when some of that stuff comes up and says, "That's reality. What's wrong with you? Look at it. I'm seeing it from a distance." That's happening. Hey, I have so I a Viking be... warrior wife myself, right? <laughs> she, she wields an axe and a sword, and sometimes she uses it against me. So I, I get where you're, where you're coming from. That's right. With your own language sometimes, which is even more painful. <laughs> that, that is the worst. 
That's very that's true right. because, you know, you know that Sean and I have been together since I was 15. So I say he raised me. So anytime I use anything he says against him, <laughs> I'm like, well, you raised me. I learned from you. So. And then, and then what can I say? It's, yeah. it's like the perfect comeback with no, yeah, no possible out. <laughs> yeah. And the student learns better from the master. Yeah. And he thinks I don't listen. <laughs> <laughs> I've learned well, better. Especially when she so, wields that axe and that sword my way. That's right. Well, in, in my defiance, the, the, the little bit left that I had, I said, okay, I'll, I'll test this. So I fired off an email back another you know, a day or two later after we had set the meeting and said, well, I'm going to move on this one significant change in the building because we've been talking about it. Let's get this done now. And I mean, literally in seconds, that email came back with, no, 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 don't do anything. And it was like, got it. I got it. You don't need to tell me anymore. So I'm about I'm about six days out to get everything put together that I need to get put together and organize all my stuff. So I had a precursor, and not everybody gets the benefit of that, but I saw it. I either it was intentional on her part because we really did have a good relationship, and she may have been pushed to make some changes. So she's going through the process. But when I knew that that wasn't going to change, when I knew those changes weren't even getting possible, I knew that was what I needed to do was get my stuff together. Anything I wanted out of that office, get out anything digital that I needed to say that I thought was important to me, you know, get it on a jump drive. You'd be amazed at how much you can get on a little jump drive <laughs> and you, know, you just pack up all your stuff and get it ready. So the date that she was going to be coming in of all days is May 1st, which as you all know is May day. And so it's May day. And Susan shows up at the office front desk calls me and says, she's here because they think it's an exciting thing. Susan's coming in to talk to everybody. <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a good day. They don't have any clue what's about to happen. You know, I look up and good morning, Susan. I say, you brought a friend. Hi, Maria. Maria's corporate HR. And she goes, I think, you know why we're here. And she's fumbling through some stuff to get out of her purse. You know, I nod and I reach for the papers and they were exactly what I thought. Tossed them on the desk. But it was what she said next that, that really crushed me. She says, We'll pack your things and send them to the house. We'll need you to leave the office immediately. What? And I'm like, I've been here for 14 years. I've watched kids grow up into high school. These are parents I've worked with and built relationships with. I get no thank yous, no goodbyes, no nothing. And it's humiliating. And, you know, I finally look up after I go through the thought process of this is really the way it's going to happen. And I said, you know what? There's nothing to pack. I said, it's already done. There's only one thing left up on the wall, and I left it up there intentionally. It was an award of excellence I had gotten from all the leadership of the company. And so I walked over, grabbed it, I said, I'll take that with me and I'll leave. But what was equally as humiliating is as I'm walking out, I was immediately escorted out of the building like a criminal. Your head's down, you're trying to think, what just happened? You know, how they let all these people down? What could I have done differently? And that 50 yards out to the parking lot was the longest 50 yards. I thought it took an hour to get there. Because you knew and you could sense, you know, there's people in awe watching you walk out the building with an escort and they know what's going on. And so I, I get to the car and I'm, I'm standing there and I've never felt so alone. Uh, you know, I look up and I turn around and look at the building and I, I worked there for 14 years, almost half my my career in the business. And at that point, I said, this is probably a good time to call my wife. Pick up the phone. Hey, babe, you know, this, this went a little differently than I thought. And she interrupts as I'm trying to explain it. And she goes, whoa, Jeff, how are you doing? And she, 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 what a great wife. I mean, 
Oh, I don't know. I, I don't know. And she goes, why don't we go to BJ's and get a drink? So that was another experience. And, and I'll share it because I, I think it's prophetic. Uh, we go to BJ's, we're sitting at the restaurant and in walks Phil. You don't know about Phil as I had to do to Phil what Susan just did to me. And I look up at him and I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. I go, Phil, I just, I just got blown out. And he looks at me and I go, I think I understand how you must have felt when we had to part ways. And he leans in, he shakes my hand, he says, Jeff, I'm really sorry to hear. And I just, I just sat there like dumbfounded. I mean, you know, his sincerity moved me because it was genuine. And he says, you know, take care, everything will be fine. And he, you know, he walks off. And I, I just looked at Teresa. I'm like, what just happened? What just happened here? I, I, I can't believe that. You know, I, I really can't believe that. But I really understood for maybe the first time in my life when those situations happen, how the recipient feels. Uh, his was a little bit different. It wasn't as, as awkward and uncomfortable. It was, you know, he saw that coming. But nonetheless, it, it doesn't change the outcome. The outcome is you don't have a job. Yeah. And that's, and, and for the first time ever being fired and being fired like that and being walked out the door as though you were, you know, fired because of some sort of, of criminal offense almost, you know, mm -hmm. it was like that cold, that, um, withdrawn. And I, I, yeah. you know, I can only imagine walking out, like imagining what people are thinking or feeling or, Whatever. I mean, Jen, Jen and I kind of experienced that a, a little bit. I'm sure there's some people that were happy about it. I'm sure there was people that were, were not happy about it. But, you know, I, I, we've been through circumstances like that where you feel like you're on public display and something bad has happened, you know, kind of situation. Mm -hmm. And so how did you how did you handle that? I mean, did you did you want to withdraw? Did you I mean, did you see it as a as a failure? Did you let it define you initially. And then, you know, I just want to speak to kind of the emotional side of how you processed it. Actually, no, I, I think there was a burden of relief that happened. It felt like a ton of weight was off my shoulders. It created a whole series of new problems, but a lot of the stuff that I had been dealing with and caring for a long, long time was gone. And it was gone, not by my choice. So it wasn't something I had to perseverate on or think about. Am I going to do this? Am I not going to do this? I, I'll, I'll share something. I've, I've heard it from a very good friend and he was on one of your podcasts and he said, Hey, Jeff, getting fired, you know, maybe it didn't happen to you. Maybe it happened for you. And I, I just, I can't, I, I reflect on it every time when I have any doubt and wow, what a statement because you think, Oh gosh, now I've got to, I've got to, I've got to, what am I going to do next? When I got home, what I, what I did is one of the things I, I, I was so appreciative of the time that I got to spend with the people and the team and the opportunities that I had with that group of stations and the community involvement. I wasn't, I wasn't bitter. It was like, well, this happens all the time. Just didn't happen to me for a long time. So it's not unusual in the broadcast industry. It's a transient business. And to stay in one place for that long in the same market is a really good run. In other so, words, you should have gotten an award for longevity, you know, given that that's unusual that's right. in that business. That's right. And I did get awards up until the last uh, 
the last thing they handed me. <laughs> so how did you, so I, so I'm getting the sense that it was almost a pressure relief, you know, the fact that it didn't, it wasn't your choice. It happened to you or, you know, as I think Matthew would say, it happened for you. And so this whole right. idea that this is potentially a blessing in disguise, a an opportunity for you to do something yourself, to create something yourself that would make it so this would never happen again, so that you were never, ever again under the control of somebody else's decision-making as to whether or not you were going to have a job. That's correct, and and that's scary as hell because you're going to say, okay, I'm not going to go back to work for that. I'm not going to – I love that business. I'm going to find that business on the periphery, and I'm going to be a contributor to that business, but I'm not going to be in that business the same way again. And does that work? I, mean, I don't know. What's it going to look like? Uh, the one thing I did do, though, is when I got home, I wrote a letter to the B. And I just wanted to share because I couldn't let my people know. I couldn't say anything to them. I was escorted out of the building. And while I could, you know, respond to emails and calls and all that, which I did, the community doesn't know. The community's thinking, oh, my gosh, what happened? He's gone. He worked on all these nonprofit orientations and these things that they did to support uh, all these community causes and all the advertisers we help build businesses with. And I'm just disappeared other than whatever story anybody's going to tell. So I thought, what if I can tell my story just in a, you know, a brief little paragraph, send it to the B, maybe they would print it. And of course, this is when people got the B for their news. But <laughs> they, Not dating they, ourselves too much. Uh, no, it's only seven years ago. Look how, how quickly that happened. Yeah. Uh, but they printed it and they didn't edit it. They printed it intact. I mean, to this day, I'm really, really grateful because that got out there. And people then understood, okay, stuff happens. It, he didn't do anything bad. The company just went in a different direction. They made a different decision, and he wasn't the guy. And like I said, it was it was a good closure to a really good run. And then now, now you got to figure out what you're going to do. Yes. And like I said, I had these ideas. You were one of those. As you know, we worked together on the show that you were doing when you were a financial advisor, and that was the first show I was involved with another program called the Car Pro Show and represented that program in a variety of different markets. Started piecing this thing together to see what it might look like over the course of several years. And I think in the beginning you asked, like, how long did it take? I'm, I'm a really slow learner. And, <laughs> and, you know, and I consider myself a late bloomer. So I'm at 55 thinking I'm where people would be at 40. So I get going and start ramping something up and I get a couple of pieces of business from some parties that are interested and maybe I can help them with their marketing, not quite in the same realm of podcasting, but still a marketing message and it's conveyed and it's television and it's radio. And the thing grows a little bit more and a little bit more. And the next thing you know, I have a company. So let's just talk about that for just a moment because I, I want to make sure that people understand kind of that thought process. So you took your collective experience and your knowledge and your wisdom that you'd garnered in, in 30, almost 40 decades of professional work life experience and said, how can I use this? And ultimately you decided to become a, a coach of sorts. You know, I was doing a radio show at the time. You had other people doing radio shows, your experience in broadcast medium, specifically long form auditory, you know, radio slash podcasting, you thought, okay, I can help mentor and or coach people that are trying to, 
you know, market through this medium that, that I do know I can do that. So you were able to pivot based on your experience. And what I'm getting to is that there are people I think out there right now that are going through a situation where they recognize that the light at the end of the tunnel is such that, that, that they're probably not going to have their job, or maybe they've already lost their job. So that process Mm -hmm. of trying to figure out what the next stage was going to be, I think you have to be self-reflective and and look at your talents and your skill set and go, okay, how can I apply those to some other area moving forward? Yeah, absolutely right. And not 40 decades, four decades. Yeah. So, I'm not <laughs> yeah, 40 years. <laughs> that's right. Thanks for clarification but, there. That's okay. But, but an excellent point that you bring up there because there are a lot of people right now in this situation both ways, whether they're not going to have a job to go back to or this may have given them the opportunity to see now that they're sitting home for six to eight weeks, I don't want to go back to that job. And while a lot of things are different, we sold the big house, but we had to sell the big house. We didn't need the big house. We sold the expensive car, didn't need that car. And we downsized and reflected on all the things that are important to us and said, okay, how much money do we really need? And if we start over again, what does that look like? And we were able to do that. And it's a matter of really what's important to you in knowing that that hope of what you want to accomplish really can get done. You don't have to feel I'm obligated to go to that job because I make that amount of money change. If it's not good for you change. And I think we all agree. I know you guys are health, uh, healthy freaks as well as me and my wife. If you don't have that, if you don't have your health, if you don't have your personal well-being, you don't have anything. You aren't helping anybody. You can't coach anybody. You can't, you can't help your children. You're no good in your community if you aren't well. Yes. And stress will kill you. And it's just not worth carrying around that baggage of discomfort and unhappiness for so long because you're chasing the almighty dollar. You just can't do it. And once you realize you've made that transition and you've given up some of those things that you thought you had to have and you do something that you enjoy that you do, it's a whole different ballgame. It's a whole different ballgame. And it allows you to step back then and go, yeah, I kind of like this. Uh, Yeah, I'm not making enough though, but I'm, I'm driven to grow the business, but I'm doing it my way and I'm doing it in an area that I enjoy. Yeah. And to the point that you made, your skill set, your professional skill set that maybe you're tired of doing for some period of time, you may have a personal skill set, a hobby, a choice thing that you really love doing that you can do. And I say this not to people who are 25, 34 years old. I'm talking to people who are 55, 60, 65. I'm seven years out of this thing now. And it's a whole different space. I don't look at retirement as something I can't wait to get to because I stopped that job. I don't, I look at retirement as how do I keep doing what I'm doing and sharing it with people who can take it from me and continue to do it better as they pick up the pieces that I'm there leaving. And so many people have something that they do so, so well. And you know them. we all know people like that. They hate their job, but they do a really cool thing at home or they work for in the community and a nonprofit or they, they, they're a creator, an inventor, an artist, a writer do it. I mean, now if there's ever been a time, now's the time that so many opportunities are sitting in front of people. If they absolutely 
sit down and look at it and reflect on it. And they can even take this time to work on it because we're still tied up at home for another two or three weeks at least. Yeah, I agree. I hate Jeff. I know Jen had a question for you. I was mm-hmm. actually just wondering, how did uh, T respond to all this? Was she scared at all or was she just supportive? Or <laughs> Totally supportive. Thank yeah. God. Yeah. And, and and I say thank God. I mean, literally, thank God. We have our faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, know, you know, we pray on a lot of stuff and, and literally thank God because we would not have been able to make it without our circle of friends, our circle of faith, uh, our ability to pray and, and believe. But yes, she was incredibly supportive, not unafraid, though. And there were many conversations. Well, if we do this and we do this, what about that? And it's like, well, well I don't know. We're going to have to figure it out. We'll just do it and see what happens. So there are things that you do have some leaps of faith on. And it's amazing how they how they come through. Yeah. You, you, you just do it. We know that, you know, when I for some of the same reasons, you know, me selling my business, you know, I had no idea what I was going to do next. I just knew I couldn't continue to do it. And as a close personal friend of mine, you know, this, you know, what I was struggling with, Mm -hmm. you know, that I was not happy. And I was that stress. I felt like the job was going to kill me if I stayed in it, you know? And so I just ultimately had gotten to the point where I just felt like God was telling me I had to go. I had to leave. I had to sell it. I had, I had to get out. Otherwise it was, it was going to kill me. And Mm -hmm. so having that conversation with Jan, I'm, I'm, I'm like, uh, I need to sell. I need to. Well, what are you going to do? I don't have any idea, but God will God will tell me when He wants to tell me. And she's like, "Okay, you know." It was like, well, in my mind, in my mind, I thought we were moving to Mexico and we're going to live on the beach. So I was like, "This is great news." Yeah, she 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 thought I was retired as soon as I sold the business. She thought I was retired, and I'm like, "No, I'm not retired." Well, honestly, we actually did plan on moving to Mexico, but we had a issue with our children who did not want to move to Mexico with us uh, and because they're so young they we had to stay <laughs> yeah yeah it, you know it, it, extenuating circumstances but I guess my point being that a supportive spouse is I think one of the biggest blessings to experiencing some sort of change like you went through or that I went through because without them I mean it it, it just would have been so much more challenging if yeah. you've got somebody that is negative or needy or Super complaining stressful yeah chaos yeah it, 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 and yeah. thankfully you didn't have that nor did yeah. did I yeah right and at the other thing too Sean I think that is important is as people are going through these challenges and they're not uncommon. And as we were talking earlier on, I think even before the show or before the re- we started recording, it was a lot of people are in a space right now where they may not be coming back to work. That job may be gone, but they don't know it yet. And it's not the end of the world. There's, there is opportunity. There's there back to the even name of your podcast series. You know, there's hope and we're doing a lot of, podcast for nonprofits right now. And the key word in every single one of them is hope. Everybody says you've got to have hope. You have got to keep your hope alive. And if that stays intact, you'll find a way out of it. You absolutely will. And in some cases, it may be that this results in a family separation or a divorce, but you just got to stay positive on it and keep looking. Okay. There's a reason this is happening. And if you look at it as a happening for, as a hap- opposed to a happening to, 
if it's happening for me, then I have it's it's incumbent on me to figure out why, and I have to find out what's going on because there's there's a reason this is going on in my life, and maybe it is the right thing to do to leave that job. Maybe it is the right thing to do to leave an abusive relationship. So you you just sit and reflect on those things, and nobody's ever had a better opportunity than we have today because of the the quarantine. Yeah. You know, you're not doing what you used to do. You're not caught up in that same you know rat race of boom, 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 got to go, got to go, got to go, got to raise, got more sales, got to do this, got to do that. And you do get an opportunity to reflect. So and I have journaling a- is something I hear and do myself, not as well as I could or should, but when I write it down, it's so clear to me. It's so clear. So let me, let me ask you a question. I, I agree. I think journaling right now is one of the most important things you can do because we're living through history. I've, I've told my kids that that they'll write about this period of time, 50, 100, 200, 300 years from now, you know, mm-hmm. we're going we're gonna to remember this period of time. And so journaling, I think, would be, a, would be a, a really good thing to do. But I had a question kicking around in my head, and, and that is that do you now look back at your firing at 55 as a blessing in disguise? And if so, what are the positive things about your life now that have changed as contrasted against what you were doing prior to your firing? You know, so in other words, what, what are the, if it is a blessing in disguise, how is your life richer, better now than it was before? It, it's really different. And you realize when you get blown out like that with an abrupt end, who your friends are, because they're not sure really what happened until you speak with them. But you realize a lot of these superficial business relationships that you thought were good relationships aren't, and they go by the wayside. And they were time saves. They didn't allow you to spend time with the people that were most important in your life because you were wasting time with people who were superficially there for professional or business purposes or you know, chasing the money. So that, that's one thing. So the relationships that we've got today are relationships of choice, people we enjoy being around, people we want to be around, people who we feed off of each other. So there's there's value in those relationships, and we try not to get caught up in some of the other relationships that keep trying to come in because they're a waste of time. They, they don't move you forward. Um, the other thing is you change your perspective on income. And it's not that money's bad and it's not that stuff is bad. You just look at it differently and your wants and needs change. And you realize, hey, I don't need that 4,000 square foot house. I'm perfectly content in 1,800. And that's, we use all of this one. That's, that's a, you know, a, a real recognition of, wow, look at all that stuff. And then you start filtering out stuff and stuff you don't need and stuff you don't want. Why did I have that in the first place? God, that was a stupid expenditure. Haven't even ever used it. Uh, I don't play golf. What do I have golf clubs for? For two times a year, I had a nice set of clubs because when I went out with everybody, they thought I played golf. Uh, and, and the things that are important to you are what really rise to the top. And your relationship with your children changes because they see a different person. And I think it's really important, too, as you go through that, whether you're terminated or you make a choice to change, your kids are looking at you for leadership as well. And they're saying, how's Dan doing? Well, shoot, it's kind of like he he didn't miss a beat. He's doing a completely different thing and things seem okay. And 
wow, we don't have as much stuff, but it seems everything's good. Matter of fact, he seems better. He's doing more than he did with us before because he's got time. And those are the visible pieces that I think when you step back and look at it, what else is there? I mean, if, if it's not your health and your family and friends, it, it doesn't matter. I couldn't have said it better. And I agree with you 100%. You know, having been through that myself, I think I'm a better dad. I think I'm a better husband. I think I'm more present today than I ever was in financial services. But yet, if you if you lull yourself into chasing the money, if you if you use that as the primary excuse, you can miss a whole lot of life. And I agree with you mm-hmm. about the, you know, the things it's, it's, it, the reality of it is, is that it's not losing things like golf clubs or house size or whatever. What you realize is that living life differently, you realize that those are no longer the priority for you. And I think that that change is a change via wisdom. It's a change via experience. It's a continually evolving of yourself. And, um, you know, I, I, do think it can be an absolute blessing in disguise, you know, that if you just look through situations like that through the lens of how much money I'm going to make or not make, then then maybe it was a negative. But if you look at how many other positive benefits that come out of that circumstance and other enriching areas of your life, then I think it's a, it's a super positive. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that I still struggle with, but it's so true, it's say no more. And with a comma or without a comma, it works both ways. Say no more. I'm not doing that anymore. I ain't, I ain't doing that no more. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm done with that. Or I'm going to say no more because it's difficult. You know, you want to please and you want to do the right thing. And you think, okay, well, if I, 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 yeah, I can, I can help. No, you don't have time. There's things that you don't have time for. Yeah. And you, you shouldn't have time for some of those things because they aren't really helping anything and it's one of the people or places you prefer not to be in the first place. So say no. Yeah. Don't do that. I've learned I've learned that saying no is really saying yes to yourself. Yes. So, so it's okay to say no. Because that's that's something and, I struggle with too. Mm-hmm. Because you want to please. We all want to please. Mm-hmm. But you find yourself in those situations when you didn't say no, and now you're wrapped up an entire weekend going, why am I doing this? Yeah, I didn't want to do this in the first place. So I, you know, I think we all work on, well, it, life is a, you know, it's a progression of things. It's, it's, you're not going to have all of it all at once and then it's all done and you're good. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's one that I struggle with just all the time. And I'm asking myself the question a lot more though. And I think part of that is is age. You get a little bit older, you realize that there's only so much more out there. And the less you do that, the better you can spend the time doing the things you want with the people you choose to do it with. And that's just just one of those things. You you just have to continue to work on it. Well, I I think that's well said. Thank you so much, Jeff, for your wisdom, sharing some of your truths, sharing some of your personal story. Um, I think that your story and how you rose above that circumstance and ended up creating your own company and your own niche and moving forward and and having a better work-life balance and less stress and nobody telling you that you can or can't do this or that or nobody firing you. I think that's a message that people need to hear. I think people are going to come out of this and I hope new businesses are formed. I hope mm-hmm. people, you know, take charge and, and pursue something that's been kicking around in their spirit like you did. I think that you're a, a testament to kind of moving forward in that way, trusting your faith, trusting your spouse, trusting your instincts 
and trusting your skill set to to move you in a in a maybe new direction, but maybe a much more positive direction. So thank you very much for coming on and sharing some of your story. No, you're, you're very welcome, Sean and Jen. Thank you. And and if, if we're going to leave somebody with something, just that they know you got this, you can do this, you can do this. And as long as you've got your hope and you're looking forward and you keep moving and advancing, you may have some setbacks, but you got this. Just keep keep pursuing it. Go for it. Setbacks. Yes, I agree. Setbacks are learning lessons. You know, they're not failures. They're an opportunity to Mm -hmm. grow and learn and continue to move forward. And I think if you just hustle and head down and trust your instincts, I think that you can come out of this thriving. Agreed. It's okay to get out of your comfort zone. That's where all the fun happens, right? (laughs) All the fun, all the craziness, all the, all the uncertainty, the growth. That's where growth happens. Ah, I think it's exactly right. (laughs) Exactly right. Yeah. And that's a whole nother setback is a whole nother podcast series. So you can reflect on those for a while. Yeah. Yeah, Well, we're looking forward to you coming back and talking to us again about that. Right on. Thank you guys so much. And congratulations to you and, and kudos to you for this series because there's a lot of good information that's coming out from the people that you're talking with in such a diverse array of stories. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, really cool. Good for you for doing it. It's been crazy. Like, I never know who we're really talking to. And it's just, everyone is just, their story is so different. So we always leave mm-hmm. inspired and hope filled. And it's just, it's been amazing. Yeah, we, we have not expected the positive, yeah. uplifting benefit that we've received in spades doing this. Mm-hmm. Like that was not even something that was on our radar. We kept yeah. thinking that we're going to do this for the benefit of others, not realizing that we would be the major benefactors being uplifted ourselves right. through all of this. I think in the beginning, I was the one kicking and screaming because Jeff, as you know, I radio is not my thing. But uh, mm-hmm. now I'm like, okay, who are we talking to? I get excited to talk to so many different people so isn't it isn't it fun to hear stories yes that are interesting and positive with a an ending or at least a progression of sequences as they've gotten to where they chose to get to i I love it myself i I can't listen to enough of it yeah it's it's been great i'm we're definitely blessed that we get to share the hope train yeah Thanks again, Jeff. Really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. It was awesome having my former coach and mentor on the line, Mr. Jeffrey Holden. What would you think of our interview with him? I love talking to Jeff. He's awesome. He's such an inspiring person Mm -hmm. to hear what he's gone through, to hear how he rebounded, to hear how he kind of rebuilt his life, took stock of where he was and what was going on and said, you know, now's the time. His story is very relatable. Now, yeah, and I, and I think God was preparing him. You oh, know, yeah. those little those little drops, those little seeds that he planted. Some of the thoughts that he had prior to when he was uh, was fired. I think all of that came into existence at the perfect time. And mm-hmm. I think you can look back on a situation like that and and consider it to be a blessing in disguise. You oh, know, it, it's allowed him to live a much more balanced life. You know, I think the in his words, the dough, you know, the money, I think the money will come and continue to come. But the reality of it is, is money isn't everything, you know, and I think a lot of people are realizing that right now. Mm -hmm. They're realizing that what they gave up for money now that they're coming face to face with it, you know, in terms of the pandemic and, and seeing their family and being able to spend time with their family and maybe rekindling their, their uh, strength in, in the marriage, I think that this is a time where people might go, you know, how important is chasing after the almighty dollar to me now? Well, what did we just hear? Big, big uh, 
Big money, big problems. No money, no problems. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was a that was a funny joke or a funny uh, video that we saw from our friend. Yeah, from our friend. Um, but if you want, if you're a podcaster, let me just say, if you're somebody that does podcasting frequently or has ever thought about being in radio for any reason, Jeff Holden, our guest, he is a coach. He can help you. And so you can reach out to him at multipointstrategies.com. He's a podcasting coach and or mentor. Uh, he's he's all things digital marketing, really. Yeah. And so if you've got any kind of digital platform at all, he and his team, they're excellent. So that's multipointstrategies.com. Jen, how do we get more people on our show? Well, I think the way we've been getting people is because people know people. People know people. And people that are listening right now, yes, you, yeah. you listening right now, you know somebody that has an inspiring story. Or maybe, you know, maybe they have the inspiring yes, story. Yes, maybe you yourself I have a story you want to share. Everyone has an inspiring story of yeah. hope, right? Yeah, if you've lived long enough on this planet, yeah. you've dealt with enough crap to have overcome it. Yes. To have a story to share. Yes. Or maybe it's just something happy and positive. So they, you can DM us mm-hmm. on our Instagram at Hope Radio Podcast. And you can DM us on our Facebook account at yes. Hope Radio Podcast. So in other words, send us a message. Send us a message if you want to be a guest or know somebody yeah. that or would be a good maybe guest. Maybe you just want to say hi and tell us how great we're doing. Yeah, that would be fun. Yeah, that'd be a nice thing. That'd be that'd be lifting to our spirits. Yes. It'd be lifting to mine. <laughs> All right, you ready for my thought of the day, Jennifer? I'm ready. Are you sure? Always. Really? Because sometimes you're not, and you say you are. No. (laughs) (laughs) I say what I mean, I mean what I say. Okay, so here it is. The most beautiful people we have known are those who have known defeat, known suffering, known struggle, known loss, and have found their way out of the depths. These persons have an appreciation, a sensitivity, and an understanding of life that fills them with compassion, gentleness, and a deep, loving concern. Beautiful people do not just happen. Oh, yeah. That's Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. Yes. I like that. Very true. I like that a lot. Mm -hmm. All right. On that same vein, that same note, on that same thought, should we do this again? We'll do it tomorrow, right? Let's interview some beautiful people tomorrow. Beautiful people.